Father God, we just thank you. We give you praise and glory and honor. We love you. We appreciate you, God, for every person on the sound of my voice. I ask that you just touch their mind, touch their heart, touch their spirit and their soul. Let them just be, let them just feel your presence, even fresh, a fresh touch of your presence, oh God. Lord, we just thank you because you are always moving. You are always speaking and just open our ears so that we can hear the word that you have for us on today. Oh God, I just pray that it would, would touch and just transform the lives of each and every person. God, even me, as I speak, oh God, I decrease that you may increase. And Lord, I just ask you just to have your way. Oh God, um, it's not about me. It's just about you and it's about all of us learning just a little bit more about you. So I pray that everybody will just take away one nugget, oh God, that will help them to um, live a longer and prosperous and happy and peaceful life. And I give you all the praise, the glory and honor in Jesus name. Amen. All right. So I will give you the scriptures and I think I'm going to read all these ones that I'll give you today, um, but hopefully it won't go you know, too long in terms of, of what I say. Um, but my, my topic for today, which I'm believing that I'll be able to stick to is um, the Holy Spirit, humankind's source for love, creativity, and persistence. Um, and that comes out of um, chapters nine and 10 of, um, of the book that we are reading the power of the Holy Spirit in you understanding the miraculous power of God. Um, and if you don't have that book again, you know, reach out and let me know and uh, we'll see about getting that book sent for, to those who may not have it. Um, if you want to just follow along and, and do your own study. But the scriptures that I'm going to uh, read to you today, a, a couple of them are, are actually repetitive, but uh, you know me, I like reading it out of um, different uh, different places in the Bible so that we can hear the words differently. But that's going to be Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 through 40. Um, that's page 1186 in the voice. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, also, Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 34. And that is page 1224 in the voice. Then we also have Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 28. That's page 12, 1259 in the voice. And then we also have um, Exodus chapter 35, verses 30 through 35, page 116 in the voice. Exodus chapter 36, verse 1, page 117. Ephesians 4 and 8 page 1439, 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 9 and 10, page 432, and Luke 11, verses 5 through 13, and that's page 1260. So like I said, um, I'm going to probably read all of those just for perspective. Um, but I want to start off by saying the Holy Spirit of God is the member of the Trinity who was given the task of creating this incredible universe in which we live. His skill is beyond measure and his ability to bring forth remarkable things in our universe is beyond reason. We'll focus on three areas of the Holy Spirit's remarkable ability and nature, and we'll look at it from three perspectives. Love. I always want to start out everything that we do from a perspective of love. And then also I want to look at creativity and persistence. 
So we'll start by looking at Matthew chapter 22, verses 34 through 40, Mark 12, verses 28 through 34, and Luke 10, verses uh, 25 through 28, just to kick us off. So if we start with Matthew 22, and that's page again, 1186, uh, out of the voice version, uh, starting at verse 34, it says, Hearing that Jesus had silenced the Sadducees, a group of Pharisees met to consider new questions that might trip up Jesus. A legal expert thought of one that would certainly stump him. Pharisee said, teacher, of all the laws, which commandment is the greatest? And Jesus, quoting scripture, he says, love the eternal one, your God, with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is nearly as important. Love your neighbor as yourself. The rest of the law and all the teachings of the prophets are but variations of these themes. If you go to Mark chapter 12, verses 28 through 34, again, page 1224, one of the scribes who studied and copied the Hebrew scriptures overheard this conversation and was impressed by the way Jesus had answered. Tell me, teacher, what is the most important thing that God commands in the law? And Jesus says, the most important commandment is this, hear, O Israel, the eternal one is our God, and the eternal one is the only God. You should love the eternal, your God, with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. The second great commandment is this, love others in the same way you love yourself. There are no commandments more important than these. Teacher, you have spoken the truth, for there is one God and only one God, and to love God with all our heart and soul and mind and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourselves are more important than any burnt offering or sacrifice we we could ever give. Jesus heard that the man had spoken with wisdom. Well said, if you understand that, then the kingdom of God is closer than you think. Nobody asked Jesus any more questions after that. And I'm going to read again. It's the same thing, but again, it just is like subtle differences that I want to pull out for you. And, you know, even for myself, as I studied this. So in Luke chapter 10, verses 25 through 28, through 28, page 1259 in the voice version that we use, it says, just then a scholar of the Hebrew scriptures tried to trap Jesus. The scholar said, teacher, what must I do to experience the eternal life? And Jesus answering with a question, what is written in the Hebrew scriptures? How do you interpret their answers to your question? And the scholar said, you shall love, love the eternal one, your God, with everything you have, all your heart, all your soul, all your strength and all your mind and love your neighbor, neighbor as yourself. And Jesus said, perfect. Your answer is correct. Follow these commands and you will live. Although Jesus is asked for only the single most important commandment, he answers by naming two commands, love God and love others. He includes both because these two teachings can never be really separated from each other. Some people think they can love God and ignore the people around them, but Jesus frequently makes it clear that loving God apart from loving his people is impossible. Love, one of the most powerful creations, guides the inner workings of all of creation. As we can see, love is the key to the kingdom of God and it brings life. All things work by love. So you can start by knowing that if you walk in love, love for God, love for others, it sets the stage for the Holy Spirit to move powerfully in your life. 
And I think that's just so important because sometimes, you know, even as I was reading in this, this book that we're reading from it, uh, one of the statements that it made was about commandments. Like if you follow the commandments, then you'll have all these things. And sometimes when we look at commandments, we think about the 10 commandments and we think about like all the things in the old Testament, our minds just naturally go back to the old Testament and trying to keep all of these rules and regulations and everything like that. And so what I wanted to do is just first start us off by, by just really, realizing the only real commandment that we need to be mindful of and we need to keep is the commandment of love, loving God with everything within us and loving other people. And if you can just walk in love and do that first, like don't even worry about everything else. If every day when you wake up, your focus is on love, then that opens up the door for the Holy Spirit to continue to work in you, you know, to make transformation so that that way you can see what it is you're expecting for from God or just see transformation in the world around you. And so I just thought it was so important to just bring out that important, that point for all of us to remember that love is really the key to unlocking everything. And if you can just do that, like if you, if you can't do anything else, if you just love, then that is all God is really asking for us. And the thing is that it really is, you know, speaking to the Holy Spirit and just his, um, what was the way they said it? Um, the remarkable things, you know, that the Holy Spirit does or his remarkable ability Love is one of those remarkable things because it has the ability to transform things in ways that you just never imagined. Some the love that God is asking us for to show to one another is so great and so powerful that we in and of ourselves cannot even love in that way. Like we need the Holy Spirit in us to help us to love because that unconditional love, that's the right word for it, the unconditional love that we experience, you know, from God that flows through us and out to the rest of the world, we can't do it in our human strength and our human ability because people get on our nerves and we don't want to help people. You know, we're naturally selfish. You know, of course we have our new nature, but naturally we're selfish and we don't want to like do the things that, you know, um, that would be, that would push us out of our comfort zone to do more for others. But when the Holy Spirit is in us, we can love in ways that we actually didn't even know we could. We can forgive, you know, we can do all kinds of things. And so I just wanted to use love as the foundation, you know, for what we're going to talk about for the other two points. So, so love is number one. After that, you know, the Holy Spirit is also um, the source of all creativity and inspiration. And if we look at the words of Exodus 35 verses 30 through 35 and Exodus 36 and one, we'll get a little more insight into holy into the Holy Spirit's work and in inspiring creativity in us. So if you look at Exodus chapter 35 verses 30 through 35, again, that's page 116, Moses says to the Israelites, look, the eternal one has called Bazal Lel, I'm not going to say these right, the son of Uri, son of Hur, uh, the Judahite, by name. He has filled him with God's spirit, gifted him with wisdom, understanding, knowledge, and skills with a variety of crafts. He is an expert designer and works well with gold, silver, and bronze. He is able to cut and set gems work with wood and skillfully perform any work needed to help construct the congregation tent and its furnishings. I'm in verse 34. Also, God has placed within both Bezalel and Oholiab, son of Ahishtamach, the Danite, the ability to teach. 
He has gifted them and made them expert engravers, designers, and, and embroiderers using blue, purple, and scarlet thread on fine linen. They are master weavers, skilled craftsmen, and expert designers. If you look over at page 117, verses, uh, Exodus 36 and 1, it says, uh, Bezalel, Oholiab, and every skilled person whom the Eternal One has gifted with expertise and wisdom in order to build the sanctuary shall use these gifts as the Eternal One has directed. The notes of the voice says, Two skilled craftsmen are given special mention in this work of the people. They are called to transform the abundant gifts the people freely provide into the congregation tent and its furnishings. It is God who gifts the hearts and hands of these two individuals and further inspires them to teach others. Of all the women and men who lend their expertise to this project, only Bazalel and Holiab are recorded. Until Solomon's temple is built in Jerusalem, the handiwork will be admired by all of Israel as the house of the eternal one. You can see all the creativity that God grants to people everywhere. And his gifts are beyond gifts. That it's just it's not just about things you can do with your hands. It's gifts of all types that are unique to each and every one of us, our dispositions and our personality types. If you look at Ephesians 4 and 8, page 1439, it says, as the scripture says, when he ascended to the heights, he put captivity in chains, and in his triumph, he gave gifts to the people. The text that we're reading, it says, um, it discussed George Washington Carver um, and how he created so many inventions from peanuts, soybeans, and sweet potatoes. I want to say it was like 300 or 500 inventions, you know, that he, um, that he made. And um, he, in the process, he gave all honor to God saying that while in prayer, God revealed to him all kinds of inventions, you know, and I just thought that was amazing. I think one story that I read said it was almost like he was in the prayer room and God moved the curtain back, pulled the curtain back and just showed him what to do. And I think one thing, you know, back to that point about love, when I was just doing my own research about him, one of the things that I really noticed is that he could have made so much money in his life. But he didn't, he didn't partner, he did, he turned down certain partnerships and stuff because they wouldn't make his inventions. Um available to everybody. And he wanted to provide everything free to the people because he was, I think what he said was, God gave me this ability. He gave me this idea. So it's not mine, you know, it's everybody else's. And that goes to that point about love, that it was about him loving people and wanting to see them lifted up so much so that he was like, no, I don't, it's not about money for me. It's about what's good for everybody else. And so I think out of all the inventions, you know, the creations that he made, they said, and again, it was hundreds. And I think of the couple of hundreds, a hundred of the, the patents that he put out there were for unique things. So he created a hundred unique items, you know, for out of peanuts and soybeans and sweet potatoes. And then another couple of hundred that were like little tweaks on it. So that's amazing. But he's out of all of that, he actually only kept, he had patents for only three of the items. And I was just like, and I think it was like paints and, and something else, you know, but it was like of out of hundreds, how many of us, if we made hundreds of, of inventions, what we have said, oh, no, 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 I, I'm not going to patent all of it. I'm just going to patent three. 
I mean, most of us probably would have been like, uh-uh, we're getting all our money. We, we've had everything, put our name on everything, file it with the government, you know, and that's how we would be, you know, because our world in some ways, it encourages us to think about ourselves and think about our own prosperity. But when we put love first, we don't think about that. You know, we think about what is best, you know, what's going to most honor God, number one. And what's going to help the people that are around us, because that's what we're here for. So I thought that was just something, you know, to really note that, you know, when you have that creativity, you know, from God and you have that inspiration, one is amazing what you can do. The fact that you can make hundreds of items, you know, but also the fact that you can humble yourself and say, you know what, it's not about me. It's about what's best for those around me. So in addition to him, we can also think about um, great composers and musicians such as Bach and, and Beethoven. Um, there are amazing people everywhere throughout our world. We have carpenters, doctors, scientists, bakers, singers, anything that someone excels in can be viewed as a gift. And the Holy Spirit inspires all of these gifts. And when I thought about that, I was just amazed at that thought, the fact that the Holy Spirit inspires all of us. If we, if we take time in prayer and, and stay connected to the Holy Spirit, he will bring things out of us that we probably didn't even realize, like he will help us to excel in ways that we probably never really realized. And so this is just inspiration. And it's not, you know, about everybody trying to be millionaires and things like that. It's about you getting to the best place, you know, for you in your life, you know. Um, so I just wanted to, you know, point out the, the Holy Spirit's um, ability to bring out creativity and inspiration. Finally, the Holy Spirit helps us to persist so we can see God's purposes and goodness for our lives and the world come to pass. If you read in 2 Kings um, chapter 2, verses 9 through 10, again, page 432, is the story of Elijah and Elisha. And I'm not going to give you the whole background. I'm just going to read the, the part of the scripture that I think we all are familiar with. It says, after the two had made it to the other side of the Jordan, Elijah spoke to Elisha and Elijah said, tell me, what is it you would like me to do for you before I'm taken away from you? And Elisha says, please, I wish to receive a double portion of your spirit as your successor. I want to have twice the portion of your power. And Elijah says, what you have requested of me is challenging, but it will be done if you witness my departure. But if you do not watch, then you will not have your double portion. And I want to connect like two different thoughts together. So I'm going to jump to Luke chapter 11, verses 5 through 13. And that's on page 1260. It says, imagine that one of your friends comes over at midnight. He bangs on the door and shouts, friend, will you lend me three loaves of bread? A friend of mine just showed up unexpectedly from a journey. And I don't have anything to feed him. Would you shout out from your bed? I'm already in bed. And so are the kids. I already locked the door. I can't be bothered. You know this as well as I do. Even if you didn't care that this fellow was your friend, if he keeps knocking long enough, you'll get up and give him whatever he needs simply because of his brash persistence. So listen, keep on asking and you will receive. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened for you. All who keep asking will receive. All who keep seeking will find and doors will open to those who keep knocking. Some of you are fathers. So ask yourself this. If your son comes up to you and asks for a fish for dinner, 
Will you give him a snake instead? If your boy wants an egg to eat, will you give him a scorpion? Look, all of you are flawed in so many ways, yet in spite of all your faults, you know how to give good gifts to your children. How much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to all who ask? And so one of the words that comes out in this scripture, this passage in Luke is, is the word importunate. And it means persistent, especially to the point of annoyance or intrusion. And I want to, I think it's worth noting that uh, first Elijah was, I mean, Elisha was persistent because what Elijah said to him was, hey, if you want a double portion of my spirit, you need to stick with me. So that way, when I go, you can see me go. If you don't see me go, then you're not going to get a double portion. But if you see me go, so imagine from that point forward, Elisha had to st stick with Elijah every step of the way. So that, because you just never know, you don't know when he's going to be taken. It's not like it's on a timer or something. So the only way he could make sure that he saw Elijah was to be with him every step. That took persistence, you know, him not giving up in order for him to see that double portion come to him. And then as it relates to the story, you know, the passage in Luke, that's also talking about persistence as well. And the fact that, you know, when you are persistent in prayer, when you are persistent in going after um, what it is you are believing God for, for, then you will get an answer. So you just, you know, can't give up. And so again, this is where the Holy Spirit and his power comes into play because sometimes in and of ourselves, we don't have the energy to keep persisting. You know, sometimes there are things that we've been believing for maybe even for years and we haven't seen it come to pass and it's difficult. But with the Holy Spirit, he gives you that sustaining power so that that way you can keep pushing, you can keep asking, you can keep knocking so you don't give up. You know, and, and one of the things that as I, I read this, you know, um, I realize that I think it's worth noting that persistence in prayer brings about the gift of the Holy Spirit, and thereby you will receive the things you need for your life, the good things that God has, you know, opened up for you. When I've read the scripture in the past, I always thought it would mean that persistence in prayer would cause something I needed to materialize, a car money, clothes, a new job. In many cases, sometimes it was just basic needs. But when I read it this time, what I realized is that God was promising something more valuable for my persistence. If I keep on seeking and knocking and asking, he'll give me the source of creativity and inspiration who will then give me the wisdom I need to navigate and succeed in life. And when I say success, is again, I said this before, it's not about everybody being a millionaire. It means that whatever happens in my life, I will survive and I will thrive, whether, whether rich or poor, happy or sad. The Father has given me a comforter, a counselor, a friend to navigate it all and bring me out on the other side. In the process, I will be shaped to be prosperous in spirit, mind, soul, and body. And so sometimes when we read this but this particular scripture, we look at it as in what we're going to get out of it as if it's something tangible. But really, when I read the end of, you know, that scripture, so at the end of verse 13, how much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to all who ask? And I don't know if people connect that all the time. Again, I didn't. Maybe you did. But it was like, oh, so, yeah, I can keep persisting, you know, about whatever I'm believing for. But God is saying 
I may not give you exactly that thing, but what I will give you is something that can stick with you always. Someone, I'm not going to say thing, someone who can stick with you no matter what, so that whatever comes, whether you get that specific prayer answered or not, you will be able to hold on and keep going and see prosperity, total life prosperity, you know, not, not money, you know, that's part of it, but prosperity emotionally, spiritually, you know, um, mentally, like all of prosperity, you will see that coming. And that's why I said you will be shaped to be prosperous in spirit, mind, soul, and body. So your whole life will be prosperous. And that's what you see in Elijah and Elisha's story. It wasn't that Elisha's persistence got him a double portion that allowed him to do greater things than Elijah. It was that Elisha's persistence and constancy in the presence of Elijah or for our modern times in the presence of the spirit transformed and positioned him to receive a greater empowerment to continue the work of Elijah. And that is something that, again, is more powerful is that what you get is the Holy Spirit who can do exceedingly abundantly above all that you could ever ask or think. And I think that's what we have to remember is that when we are persistent, when the Holy Spirit helps us to continue, you know, on in whatever it is, and I'm not saying whatever we're continuing on in is, is going to be simple. A lot of times where we have trouble continuing is when it's hard and when it's difficult, you know, and even the book I have brought that out, that what we're being promised here from, you know, with the presence of the Holy Spirit is that we we will be able to hold up under hard times when people question the direction that we're going. When we question the direction that we're going, we will be able to hold up because we have the Holy Spirit. I want to point out, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much done, but I want to point out that we should realize the difference between the Holy Spirit's work in the Old Testament and his work in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, the spirit of God rested on people. So it's just kind of like coming down and resting. Like you think about Jesus, you know, when he was baptized, I believe the spirit came on him, rested on him as a dove, you know. But after Jesus, you know, did his work, you know, and because of the work of the Christ, of Christ um, we now have access to the Holy Spirit in full measure because he lives inside of us. So in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit rested on a person and then he kind of left. And then in the New Testament, the Holy Spirit lives inside of us. And so he's always with us, indwelling, never leaving, no matter what you do, you can't get rid of him. Sometimes people think, make you think that you can do something that'll make you get the Holy Spirit to leave you. As long as you're on this earth, the Holy Spirit will be with you. What people do is that they shut him out and they shut out his voice. And so you can't hear him. And so you think that he has left you, but at the point, any little thing that you do where you like, Holy spirit, God, whatever, you don't even have to say it out with words. If you just think it, then that begins to open the Holy spirit and, and back up, you know, so that, you, or open yourself back up so that you can hear. And so now the Holy Spirit has full of, he can rest in us in full measure um, and he has permanent residence. So if we look deeply, we'll see that we already have access to an even greater measure of the spirit than Elisha at the moment when we accept Christ. So we already starting off in a good place. Elisha had to stay around and pay attention and watch and be careful. And the next thing you know, it did come to pass. But us, where we are now at the point where we accept Jesus, we're already at double portion and more. 
and you just have to believe it. The spirit, um, all we have to do now is walk in love and daily acknowledge the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our lives. It, it's just that simple. You know, sometimes we make the we make Christianity, we make our faith so difficult. And it's really not difficult. It's very, very simple. You know, you think about the story of Mary and Martha, and it says only one thing is needful. You know, and that one thing is really love that you just sit at the feet of Jesus, you know, that you soak in his presence, which is the Holy Spirit. And if you do all of these things, you know, you don't even have to have love on your own. That's what he's the Holy Spirit is there to help you love, you know, and as you open yourself up to him, creativity will flow. If you open yourself up to him, persistence and empowerment will flow, you know, and and, and the word that I thought of as I was, you know, writing and I'm closing with this, but the word that I thought of is that he will sustain you. He will sustain you in love. He will sustain you in creativity and inspiration. He will sustain you as it relates to empowerment. And then all of that, the work will be done in you. And as the work is done in you, it will transform you and you and you will see that work being done around you. And so I think that that's the most important thing that we need to remember. Um, so I, I do pray that, you know, the few nuggets that I've given you, that you're able to take something and, and nothing else, take away from this conversation, you know, that you can do so much more than you ever thought you could do. And the only thing you have to do is just practice the presence of God. Let the Holy Spirit flow in you and take a few minutes every day. I'm not even asking for a whole bunch of time, just a few minutes every day. And then just say, you know, hey, God, come on in. Do what you're going to do. Holy Spirit, I honor you. You know, come on into my life and make a difference. And if you do that, you'll see transformation. So let's pray. Father, we just thank you for this word today. We thank you for just touching us and helping us to see maybe something new. And maybe this is something that all of us have heard before we already knew it, but let us chew on it and let us get more out of it so that that way we can see the Holy Spirit work even greater in our lives. We thank you for what you already are doing. We thank you for what you will do. And we give you all praise and glory and honor in Jesus name. Amen.